broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Okay, well, we'll try to get that one up there. Again, audio problems, but hey, that's fine. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That's Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, Tuesdays, just remember, they're on at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of tyranny, oppression, communism, socialism, fascism, whatever the hell you want to call it these days. I don't even think there is a, a standardized name for what it actually is that's happening other than just complete corruption and the usurping of the United States Constitu- Constitution. And so what we are doing here is we're trying to unveil what is happening. We're trying to unfold the narrative as it comes. And uh, it's Monday. And just like every Monday for the last past four months, it's just been nonstop, hasn't it, Vince? dude it's been something else and uh i kind of went over this this morning and uh just to and it keeps me sane going around my local neighborhood everything's fine the birds are chirping the bees are buzzing well not quite but they will be and everything 99.9 percent of the people i come in contact with and the things that i do about town normal fine great I don't know what's happening behind closed doors. I don't know what's happening in big cities. Well, actually, I do because I scroll through Twitter and it's just devastating and depressing. But I think there is still hope. I think that uh, we have to maintain that. Well, I I think there's a lot of hope. I I think there's absolutely a lot of hope. And let's see if this actually plays this time. I want to bring this up. I'm going to bring it up on a dual screen to where um, there we are. Bring it up on a dual screen so me and Vince are still up on there. Oh, that's maybe why, because I didn't press the audio tab. Let's see if this plays. Vince, can you hear this? The very word yes. secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. But I do ask, but I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards, 
and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. It conducts the Cold War in short. With a wartime discipline, no democracy would ever hope or wish to match. All right, and there you have it. That's John F. Kennedy, and that was definitely not his last speech, but that is most likely the speech that got him killed. Now, there is one point that I wanted to put here, because a lot of people have, I put this on Twitter, and uh, one of my biggest tweets so far, probably my second biggest tweet so far, almost a half a million people have seen that tweet specifically, almost 200,000 views on that video that I posted. But that's not the point here. The point is, is John F. Kennedy says we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion on subversion instead of elections on intimidation instead of free choice on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources in the building a very tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. So this was a warning from John F. Kennedy. And so I had someone comment on this. What that they, say? they said that this has nothing to do with a global um a global conspiracy. They said this has everything to do with, um, you know, about the media and, and just being truthful. And I'm just like, you're absolutely clueless. And, and I'm trying to find the comment, but there's hundreds of comments here. And I, I, that's something I've noticed with people, whether they are knowingly spreading misinformation or just in straight up denial. When you could kind of tell the difference sometimes. Uh, when somebody learns facts that are contrary to their wonderland reality, they have to do this mental gymnastics and try to rationalize what the hell they're actually witnessing. Mm -hmm. And okay, well, I found that lie alive. So Dave CF 53, who does not follow me, who's a conservative constitutionalist NRA member. Okay. okay. Spells Democrats wrong. Um, he, he says what you're putting out is only selected parts of the 20 minute speech. He, he's right. It is only selected parts of the 20 minute speech on uh, April 27th, 1961 to the newspaper publishers and editors association. It was about communism, specifically the Soviet union and its member states, not about secret societies or globalists. Um, no, actually highly inaccurate there because when we start looking at what was going on, 
Firstly, Joseph McCarthy, Senator Joseph McCarthy, who had died a few years prior to this, was a senator with who? John F. Kennedy, who was good friends with John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy 100% supported McCarthy. McCarthyism is a term we use for the infiltration of communism into our country. McCarthy came out of the area of the business plot. We went over this before, the business plot being the group of bankers who sought to overthrow FDR during his term in the presidency after World War II. These bankers, Union Banking Corporation, Prescott Bush, who goes on to have his son basically head the CIA, who was a congressman, Prescott Bush himself, ambassador, um, second in line to the presidency. You, you know, these people were very, very high, powerful people who had infiltrated our government. And these people knew, these senators, these good people knew. And John F. Kennedy, and you have to look at it like this as well, because John F. Kennedy, he, he beat Richard Nixon by cheating. I hope everybody understands it. Is that his, his father, his daddy, was directly connected with the mob. And this is one of the reasons they say he was assassinated. And in Chicago, they got the union labor worker parties to go out there and basically vote for John F. Kennedy, which was kind of like vote harvesting back in the day. But that's how kind of how Kennedy actually won over Nixon. Um, now, with that being said, Kennedy was an outlier to the establishment that was being formulated. They immediately got rid of him after he's tried to basically clean house and he ignored the mob. He went after the mob. He had Bobby go after the mob and so forth. But put that aside is he came out and warned us. He doesn't say that this is a, a Soviet funded regime. He says it's a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. Hmm, monolithic? Interesting. Doesn't sound yeah. like Soviet Union to me. He might as well have come out and said, the swamp runs deep. <laughs> there you go. He might as well have came out and just reiterated what, what uh, Eisenhower, Truman, said about the military-industrial complex, because that's what he was really referring to. He was referring to the bureaucracy that was building up in government that had ulterior motives and agendas that were being funded by big business and infiltrating our government, our society. And they were going to do primary things. What were the primary things? When they start taking away our culture, when they start transforming our history in our society, hmm, did these things ring a bell anybody? So this is why I have hope. And I'm going to tell you this. Because they formed a coup, took out a sitting U.S. president by, with a bullet in the head, 19 bullets shot at him or something like that, right? But they couldn't take America. At that time, they could not take America. They, they ran the whole countercultural revolution, right? They changed the cultural and the societal aspects of the country to basically breed and raise new communists or new socialists throughout the United States, more Marxist ideology throughout the United States, which didn't get integrated until the next generation, starting in the 1980s and the 1990s, right? And then you have Yuri Bezmenov and all this, where he comes out and warns people. He's ended up poisoned and dead. But when we start looking at what has happened and transpired, this has been a very, very long, prolonged conspiracy because they keep failing. You got to remember that. The reason this is ongoing is because they keep failing. They thought in 1913 when the Federal Reserve came in, boom, done. They thought in 1929 when they crashed the market and they seized all the assets of, of basically the middle class, 
boom, it was done. It wasn't. 1933, they go out there. They switch our, our currency. They take all of our gold. Wasn't done yet. They tried the business plot. That fails. They go out there. They kill Kennedy. That fails. And what do they do for distractions? Go to war. Go to war. Go to war. Then you have the, the moving off of uh, um, the Bretton Woods Agreement, 72. That didn't work. So you have all these series of, of trials that the globalist, the, 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 the infiltration in our country has tried to crush the United States of America. But they realize that this is going to be a very, very long played out game. Now, here's what happened is we have to understand that during 2008 to 2016, certain things were being set into action. Okay. Yeah. This would be, oh, did we get a uh, deleted on Facebook? Hold on a second. I don't think so. I don't know how yeah. we get deleted on Facebook over that. Well, we lost half the viewers. Yes, we did. Locked in 250 down? locations for some reason on Facebook. Wow. I have no idea why. Let me go ahead and just reset that real quick. Sorry, guys. So give me one second. I want to go in and reset this for our Facebookers who just got. I guess you oh, maybe Facebook say, oh, it's Facebook. You probably can't use uh, TikTok videos on Facebook anymore. Let me really? go ahead and fill that on Facebook. No way, dude. I don't know. That's that's the only there's no music playing. But we're coming back up on Facebook right now, guys. So I apologize for everybody on Facebook. Um, don't know what happened there, but it says, if you don't believe me, look at this. Right there. Your video is blocked and can't be viewed in 250 locations. Good God. Yep. Uh, Warner Music Group writes has taken action against your video because making music, audio, or other videos that belong. What? Right. Hey, 49 hard. seconds matches the audio owned by. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I own that music. Oh, you sons of guns. Sure. Nice try. Okay. Anyways. God, ridiculous. Just Facebook, right? So, going into this, in 2008, very specific things were put into place. Number one is the militarization of China, the advancement of military technology. This was done through the Barack Obama administration. And, and see, what they had done is they had looked at, okay, well, we have all of our factors in place, right? Well, we had the neocon agenda, which was kind of a, a fascist totalitarian regime, which was moving towards a new world order, kind of what we're seeing right now in this balance of play. But once the, uh, the liberals had seized it, they had basically won the cultural aspect. They had won the house, uh, the 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 housewife over. They had won the young adults over, and so it was basically said that they're going to move forward with their type of revolution because they had already set and planned this within the socialist infrastructure of our society. So 2008 rolls in, and they knew that there were certain things that they would have to do in order to set up for the global transitional shift. This would have been militarizing China, getting China up to be a competitor in arms against the United States of America. Secondly, making Russia look like an absolute bad guy and an enemy to the whole world. And those two things were massively exploited during that, that eight years of Barack Obama. 
And you say, well, what about China? I don't remember hearing much about China. Barack Obama was really friendly with China. Absolutely, he was friendly with China. And this is the problem. See, when Barack Obama came in, he made some major changes to our military that were kind of already underway. And one of the things that he did is he started moving special access programs that were typically within um, defense contractors' hands and had been for a long time, these black budget projects. He started moving them out in the sense, moving them out of the black budget or third-party contractors and into the universities. And at the same time, he signed various different agreements like the 10,000 Talents Program with China to allow China to invest in U.S. universities. And we find out through the Clinton emails, the 33,000 that you've never seen and you will never see because they're a massive threat to national security, okay? We find out that those include highly classified special access programs, SCI type of information, what is in that information? It's my thought process, because this comes in with the Trump administration, that it was the universities and the professors who were granted these special access programs to develop high-level technology, military technology, or reverse engineer some other type of technology. And these were sent to these universities. These, these professors were granted DARPA, DOD, DOE, and NASA contracts. Okay. This is why when you have Inspector yeah. General McCullough testifying in 2015 in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, he's sitting there going, classified, classified. These are special access programs, Chairman. I can't tell you. He goes, well, let's go yeah. to a school. He goes, I couldn't tell you then. I only got a summary read-in of these. That's how classified they are. And this is what was in Hillary Clinton's emails. We know it because Inspector General McCullough told us specifically right there. Well, how do I know that these were military secrets? Well, Julian Assange actually had access to these 33,000 emails and WikiLeaks actually has them right now. WikiLeaks isn't going to release them because Julian Assange is still alive, but he's been gagged for this whole time. He knows what's in those emails and that's why yeah. he was arrested and that's why he's in prison and put away. And WikiLeaks, I mean, you remember the, one of their co-founders who was found dead on a beach a few years ago because yeah. he had access to it. They're trying to get the kill switch so that they can just get rid of Julian Assange and be done with it. Why? Because the information that's in those specific emails talking about these various different special access programs is so damning to national security. I can't even tell you the beginning of it. The level of technology that we're talking about here is probably hundreds, if not more years more advanced than what we have now. And so what was happening is these Chinese were going in there and investing in the universities and then bringing the professors to places like Wuhan Institute of Technology and giving them some money, putting them into a room, maybe putting a gun to their head, making them do some crazy stuff, videotaping it, and then coercing in them, giving them research. This is how China advanced their military in 10 years, almost 30 years. Okay. Now you're saying, Josh, well, how do you, how do you know this? Well, I know this because you can go look at the sequence of events. How does China increase it's military promise to match the United States within only a decade when the United States is still on the level and platform of advancement. The reason is, is because of the espionage. We knew that they were stealing state secrets. We just didn't know how. Well, I'm telling you specifically how, and Inspector General McCullough actually lays this out specifically. He says that what was in those emails is special access programs for the DOD, DOE, DARPA, and, and um, NASA. Well, okay, well, what was in there? Special weapons programs, advanced propulsion systems, energy production systems. This is what was in them. And we know that these were going to the universities because right when Donald Trump came in in 2016, he immediately begins cracking down on these universities and he arrests 28 professors at various different universities in the United States of America. And one thing that nobody caught on the pattern of every single one of these professors 
is that they all had DOD, DOE, DARPA, or NASA grants. They were working on special access programs for the United States military. One of these people were Professor jo uh, Professor Charles Lieber, who we knew at Harvard University was working our Stanford University, Harvard, Stanford, who was working on nano, basically nano neural meshes, basically nanobots that go in there, latch into your cells, use the heat given off by your cell to produce electrical energy that can send wirelessly to other nano machines and self-assembly of nano meshes. This is highly advanced technology. He had a DARPA grant. Well, he was one of the people out there trading with China. This is how China got this information. And it was because of Hillary Clinton's emails. So under the Barack Obama administration, they had a 16-year plan. The 16-year plan was to basically go out there and fuel up China's military, getting China ready for an engagement or a war to basically pump them up as a powerhouse because China's weak economically because they don't have as many exports on the United States, but they are dependent upon the United States for imports. And so that brings about kind of like this, uh, this balance within the geopolitical, geoeconomic spectrum. Russia was always this kind of like um, offshoot, like this, this loose cannon. The reason is, is because Russia, just like the United States, could shut all of their borders and, and be completely fine. Well, if you remember, starting about circa 2011, 2012, and this is when all the whole Ukraine situation started coming up about. Right. Uh, firstly, you had the Uranium One situation that occurred. This is where Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, was selling U.S. uranium to Russia as proxy to Iran. Russia was then giving the Clinton Foundation half a million dollars every six months um, to their foundation for the selling of this uranium as payment for it. But this was specifically going to Iran for um, nuclear uh, for, for basically developing nuclear weapons and nuclear power. Um, and this was U.S. uranium, but we could track that uranium. That's how when Trump went in in 2016, he knew strategically where to hit in Syria, in northern Syria, every single time because you can detect the radioactive decay isotopes of the U.S. uranium from space-based satellites. That's how we knew exactly where to hit in 2016, 2017 when Trump came in. So when we start looking at this situation, and this is interesting because I was just on Mario Space on Twitter. And I really didn't get much chance to talk. It was kind of there's two Ukrainians on there. One of the foreign, the former Ukrainian uh, minister of interior or infrastructure, and this one reporter from Ukraine, and and they were just jibber jabbering a whole bunch of Ukrainian prop uh, propaganda, in my opinion. Okay, they were, they were, and, and uh, they were denying that the U.S. had any involvement in Nord Stream. I'm like bullshit. I jumped in and kind of I couldn't hold it in any longer, and I said. Uh, Victoria Nuland, Joe Biden, uh, the P8 that flew around at the exact same time. You have the UK Prime Minister and Blinken exchanging a text message a minute after it happens. We have plenty of information saying that this actually happened, right? And they're yeah. like, eh. well, then it dropped and I got disconnected. But th there's a history here of Russia and the United States. And this is what I wanted to get in on that chat, but I really didn't have time to. It's this is that there's a lot of stuff that happens between 2011 and 2016 between the United States and Russia. And this is kind of like a changing of tides within Eastern Europe. Number the one is Yanovich in, in Ukraine went pro-Kremlin. He said, fuck the Minsk Accords. I don't care. I'm going to go with Russia. And the United States said, uh, we can't allow this to happen. We have these right. biolabs working here. We got all these other things working here. Now, what happens is the U.S. formulates a coup 
by utilizing basically the Banderas, the this basically the the Azov Battalion, these these neo Nazis in Ukraine funds them, gets them implemented into the military, gets them implemented implemented into the government after the formulation of a coup in Ukraine. Good Vince. They even infiltrated the schools and the mm -hmm. children to interact with these military members during this time. Yeah. And so the U.S. formulates this coup in Ukraine, transitions this. This was a hard blow for Vladimir Putin because you got to remember what happens next. Well, Putin goes and takes Crimea, right? After the coup, the U.S. coup, Putin takes Crimea. Why? Because do you remember the rhetoric that Hillary Clinton was spewing during this time yep. towards Russia. She Absolutely. said, oh, Vladimir Putin, you want to sit there and develop nuclear weapons. We're going to put military defense shields in Poland. We're going to put them in, in Sweden. We're going to put them in Ukraine. We're going to put an Iron there. Dome at the border. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. She was talking about putting U.S. military defense shields. By the way, U.S. military defense shields are missiles that sit on the border of Russia. And she says, we're going to litter all of that Eastern European border all up to Russia with missiles. And Putin said, if you do that, we're going to war. And I promise you, it'll be a nuclear war. And he says, I'm no longer doing nuclear proliferation. I'm dropping out of that. And we're now developing nuclear arms. This was during this whole time. Then Donald Trump comes into the race and you have the, the Mike Flynn connection. And Hillary Clinton and the propaganda artists at the DNC basically say, we have to tie Trump and Flynn to Russia. We have to get them into russia and this is where you have this whole fiasco the russia 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 hoax came about from because they wanted to discredit donald trump but luckily we had people on the inside military intelligence and high up within the, the white house and so forth that were pro-america and understood the situation that was at hand and played the game correctly to get donald trump in there when donald yeah. trump got in there he started cleaning house and how was he cleaning house? Well, he he started stop he stopped immediately the technological exchange with China. Okay, this yeah. was in those universities. He shut that down almost immediately. He went in there and started arresting these professors and finding these universities, yeah. saying, "Don't do this." Mike Pompeo came in and shut down every single one of those projects. Why do you think that the head of the Central Intelligence Agency goes on to be the Secretary of State? And I, you know, listen, I'm probably one of the biggest pundits of Mike Pompeo. I don't like the guy. He was the head of the CIA, okay? He, to me, he is nothing more than a Republican establishment. He is the deep state Republican side. That's who he is. But he came in with Donald Trump because maybe he saw a glimmer of hope, and he said, we need to shut this down, and that's what he did. He shut it down because he knew specifically that that's how U.S. secrets were being leaked through the Obama organization, was through the universities, and they immediately went in there and shut all that down. Donald Trump comes in, and now we have a focus on Ukraine. Ukraine during that time had just formulated a coup over the United States, or the United States just formulated a coup in Ukraine, had taken over. The biolabs are in full production. We know that China is ramping up their production. You have gain-of-function research canceled in the United States, moved to Wuhan, right? And this is going on all over the world. But what happens in 2016 is, is Donald Trump goes out there and tries to neutralize the DNC's position within Ukraine. This basically, there's various different, because uh, you had Poroshenko in, in, at Ukraine at the time. It, once Poroshenko was out and Zelensky came in, Trump thought that he could finagle with them and really get Ukraine on the side. This is when you have this, this phone call, the perfect phone call, where Trump says, is, I want that server. Give me that CrowdStrike server. Because he knew in that CrowdStrike server, there was evidence of voter fraud 
done from Ukraine to basically spoof the IP addresses of Russia, showing that the DNC was using hammer and scorecard to try to steal the election on election night. I do believe that Russia, Putin, shut down that server that night. Okay, the, the yeah. server was at Burisma, which is directly tied to Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, John Kerry, Joe Biden, everybody else, directly connected yeah. to the DNC. We have George Soros connections there, Bill Clinton connections there, direct yeah. DNC connections there. And okay. I think that's that's why they went forward with the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, because they knew a little bit of the truth and were hoping there was more. They couldn't get Trump out without shooting themselves in the foot. Well, exactly. And they knew that if Trump got that server, they were done. That would be the smoking gun. But Zelensky, he was playing the game. And, and apparently what happened is the deep state got to Zelensky and said, look, dude, once... Once here's the thing is they were like they were trying to say that there was no warning that on this uh Twitter space that there was no warning that Russia was gonna invade. Putin warned the West months before it happened, says better stop this stuff in Ukraine that you guys are doing the Donbass and Lunas regions. Yeah. 14,000 people have been killed. Um, I've taken it to the UN Security Council before. You better stop it, or we're gonna go in there. He outlined red lines over and over and he over did. again. And yeah. then he said, if the West intervenes on what we're about to do, there's going to be repercussions. He, he outlined this massively, and the West didn't care. They didn't listen. Why? Because they knew if Russia controls Ukraine, then that same information that we're talking about right now, including all this other information, uh, mm -hmm. criminal crime syndicate, where you have human trafficking, you have drug trafficking, you have arms trafficking, you have money laundering being done directly through U.S. NGOs, non-governmental organizations, nonprofits, U.S. politicians – all of this is centered within Ukraine. And they knew that if Russia got in charge of Kyiv, it's over. It's done with. Not only that, it's the biolabs. So when we start looking at how all this begins to unfold, we understand why the United States is supporting Ukraine so much in this proxy war against Russia and why Russia is just saying, you know, kind of like not being a progressive. I mean, they're trying to say on this space that that Russia wanted to go into Poland and other NATO nations. I'm like, this is absolutely absurd. There was no indication whatsoever. And that would be the dumbest thing in the world for Russia to do, especially at that strategic point. If yeah. Russia wanted to go into, if Russia wanted to go into Eastern Europe, they would have rolled over Kiev within 24 hours. It would have been a missile bombardment taking out the com primary command and control aspects of that country. And then they would have went immediately into NATO nations. The reason is, is because now we're a year down the road and they gave NATO the ability to arm up and defend themselves and get great defensive uh, strategic positions on Russia around Ukraine. Why would they, why would they want to go in there for three or four months and then go into a NATO nation? It makes no sense whatsoever. And so, you know, listen to the rhetoric from these people over there. I, I, I guess I respect them in some degree, but I think that they have no idea what they're talking about from a geopolitical position. But when we start looking at this in the geopolitical position, what we're seeing is a transition of the world. This is why I said the whole world's about to change. We're seeing this transition of global power shift and the United States is not on the receiving end of anything good from this. They're going to be not a third world country. I don't think the United States is going to be a third world country, but they're definitely going to be a non-dominant first world country at the end of all this. And so what we're seeing right now, <clears throat> excuse me, what we're seeing right now is that all of the, that stuff that I just talked about is coming the culmination. They can't allow these secrets to get out. I mean, just think about how devastating this uh, this security leak was of this U.S. intelligence. 
Okay. Yes. Which, by the way, that kid, no way in hell leaked certain amounts of this intelligence. The it appears stinks. that someone threw some information in there. Maybe this kid was set up, but it does not look like a deep state operation. And that's one thing oh, I'm going to preface. Really? Is it does not look like a deep state operation. It, if you just see the amount of panic that's coming out of the Joe Biden administration right now, out oh. of the Pentagon, of trying to cover up that information specifically. Okay. Of how they're trying. So they're trying to steamroll this information. So the information, when it hit Telegram, or sorry, yeah. when it hit 4chan and started coming out on 4chan, it was already altered. The United States blamed that altering on Russia specifically. Th yes. This is untrue. I, and if you go out there and you try to find these documents right now, you can't find them. Yeah. Okay. And so this is telling you right now that they're trying to cover this shit up massively. Now, or, they'd be, or they'd be covering it in the fake news. There yeah. you go. Well, Washington Post has supposedly... Um, strategic access to these documents, but they're only showing what they want to show. But these documents hurt national security. There's a document in there within the CIA files. And uh -huh. so there is certain CIA confidential information that was put in there, top secret information, but it was only internal CIA. So there's no way that a Pentagon source or any military source would have ever have had this intelligence. There is FISA cool. warrants, FISA warrants uh -huh. um, on various um, um, Ukrainian and Israeli uh, members spying on various foreign heads of states and stuff, okay? Th these things are not things that Joe Biden's administration wanted to get out there. And here's the thing. You can't right. find any of them. And this means that the deep state is trying to cover this up. They're like, we don't want this stuff to get out there. This is not good. Now, I do agree that they'll utilize it to push the Restrict Act. But I yeah. think what we saw here is this, uh, this Jack guy, this Air National Guardist, I think that he was basically on this Discord channel he was putting out information off of memory. And what happened is, is someone caught him, maybe a white hat, maybe a Russian. And what they did is they started pushing him more legitimate information that maybe Russia had intercepted and they started pushing it to him. I don't know how, hmm. or maybe a white hat was pushing it to him, but they set him up to get this information out there. That's my, my true to God's honest thoughts. And I don't think it was a deep state operation because it does nothing to support the Ukraine war. It does nothing to support our allies' support around the world. Okay? This is devastating to national security massively. Mm -hmm. So when I start looking at all the things that are happening right now, um, I have hope for what's going on. And the reason I say that is because the deep state right now is in massive, severe panic mode. Okay, not just because of classified uh, document leaks out of the Pentagon. Joe okay. Biden. I mean, yeah. let's just touch on Joe Biden for a second. Um, Comer says new financial records reveal six additional Biden family family members involved in shady overseas deals. That's one headline. This is Another probably headline. from the banking records. Yeah. Hunter Biden's email shows Joe Biden traveled to Ireland with Hunter and Jim Biden who met with China CEFC executives right there, the smoking gun from Hunter Biden's laptop connecting Joe Biden, the vice president of the United States at the time, directly with CEFC executives in Ireland. Okay. Th this is a massively impeachable offense. This is violations of FARA, uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, every single fam family member involved in this is, is immediately put under federal investigation. Joe Biden is impeached and then maybe even pending charges after impeachment. Okay. Anybody in the DNC who knew about this was aware of this. They're now liable. So the deep state is got their backs against the wall. The only thing that's holding them together 
is their 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 gravel hold over the DOJ. That that is the yeah. only thing right now that yeah. basically has the deep state still working and operating is their stranglehold over the Department of Justice. And if you remember, if you go back to Kennedy, and this is one of the reasons that I showed the Kennedy video, mm. is it was the Department of Justice. It was this dullest CIA. It was those two working in tandem to take down Kennedy and establish what we now know of as a deep state. <clears throat> I got to digress. Go ahead. Well, I wonder how they could uh, take out or not take out, for lack of a better term. I wonder how they could... Um, solve the DOJ corruption problem that we have in the United States. How they could solve the DOJ corruption problem. Um, you get rid of the DOJ. You disband the DOJ. You, you, you completely have to shred the entire DOJ. You have to shred the entire Department of Homeland Security, ATF, IRS, Department of Treasury. You have to get rid of the entire establishment. You know one easy way to actually do this, though? the people calling for it well no is the next president that comes in who has a majority senate and a majority congress okay they pass a law or, or a constitutional amendment that mm. states that any appointed position to the bureaucracy okay is a is an interim position upon the term of that president so if an executive comes in, if a president comes in and says, hey, you are now, uh, you know, under secretary of state, that person can only serve as that, that lower position and under secretary of state for that term and that term only. So they can move up to the next level. So let's say the next level's secretary of defense. Now they can only serve as secretary of defense for four years. Once that eight year threshold is met, done, they're out. They can no longer be in politics. They're no longer advisors. They're no longer brought back. That is probably one of the best methods to do this is that we start holding the bureaucracy to eight-year positions specifically within the, the DOJ, the DOD, the DHS, so forth. Unless you're a enlisted member of the military or unless you're a member of the military, um, you know, people who have desk positions, people who are in what we call non-critical positions in government or non-executive positions. These people can serve 30 years if they want to, right? But what we're talking about here is we're talking about this, this exchange of uh, one administration to another administration and picking these other people and bring them in in other strategic positions is you can't do that. Once they have eight years within that senior executive status of service, they're done. They're gone. Out the door. That's what If we had that in place, we wouldn't have this right now. We'd probably have a, a semi-condition of it. But what you need to do is you need to go out there and completely wipe everybody out. I think that the only way that we're going to get out of this is with a national divorce, is with the states coming in specifically, rising up a two-thirds majority, yeah. canceling the federal government and saying, you guys are all fired, go back home, uh, leave Washington, D.C. Military immediately goes in the hands of the states. The states come out there in the two-thirds majority. They elect an interim president who will preside from one of the governors of the states, and then you'll have an interim um, legislation provised, uh, comprised of a board of all the states. So let's say that you have 50 states, 49, you'll have an interim until um, emergency elections can be held. And you can have a new Congress, a new Senate, a new president, vice president, all elected in and new appointed officials going through. And you can start backfilling all those jobs of those other positions. 
And you can't do anything until you have something like that happen. You need a complete cleansing, a draining of the swamp 100%. Well said, yeah. But that makes perfect sense to me, man. Huh. Now, Hopefully. I guess I'm not the only one that said the world is about to change. <laughs> I didn't watch Glenn Beck today. It's funny and, how that happens. And Glenn Beck apparently had the same thing to say. Let's listen to this. Bad. He should not have, have released that stuff. Then there's the stuff that we should have known about. This is what I reported on, Glenn, that China has tested a new hypersonic missile that can defeat our aircraft carriers and our missile defense. In other words, we spent 30 years building aircraft carriers and missile defense, and the Chinese built a missile for a 100,000th of the price that makes those things obsolete. That seems kind of important for people to know. Why were we hiding that? That was in the documents. I brought that out. I think that's, there's a lot of stuff in the documents that American people should know because it reveals that uh, the world is changing fast, and our government really isn't on top of it. And they need to be. It, 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 it does make a difference because usually I would say, hey, we don't need to, to release everything that they have knowing that what they have. But I think there is – you, you hit it on the head. There is a need for the American people to understand the world is about to dramatically change – and exactly. the United States is sitting around with its hands in its pockets. Right. So maybe we shouldn't build more aircraft carriers, and maybe we should build the stuff that fights hypersonic missiles, yes. because that's what our enemies are shooting at us, okay? Correct. And how far do these missiles fly? And they're, they're hypersonic, which I've just heard last week or the week before that we now have one, but I don't know if I believe that. Um, this is a yeah. hypersonic, which makes it almost impossible to take down, Right. Right. It's hypersonic, which means it flies faster than sound, but it's also a hypersonic glide, which means you can maneuver it. So when we shoot up the missile defense, all we have to do is maneuver around it. And we can also maneuver, they can also maneuver it to hit our aircraft carriers, basically as far as Guam. Half the Pacific is now, you know, n no entry for our aircraft carriers if they decide to use these things. That's a huge problem for Taiwan, but not just for Taiwan, for the entire South China Sea. They're basically taking over Asia while we're sleeping, okay? And now I agree with Josh there. I, I disagree with some of his thoughts because, you know, a lot of the rhetoric that has came out, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, is, is talking about how this is going to escalate to some type of world war. Now, okay. as much as I do believe that it's a possibility on the table because the deep state, the globalists, um, if their back is against the wall and they're losing power, they'll scorch the earth before that ever happens. Although, I think that China's much smarter than that. If you look at the... At the end of the day, at the end of the day, what is all warfare, all strife on this planet thought about in the sense of governments, nation states? Resources. Resources. Energy, food, and water. Done. That's it. Energy, food, and water. If you look at China, okay, what is it? 53% of China's imports, food, come from the United States. China can't feed its 1.5 billion population without the United States. So China going after Taiwan right now, okay, would be a very, very bad move if you had someone like Trump in the presidency because they would be met with, with not only trade embargoes, but basically they would starve to death. And, and Russia can't supply them because Russia's supplying half of Europe. So this would be a big problem for China. Here's the key, though. With Biden in the White House, 
China has a prime opportunity between now and the next presidential election to go into Taiwan unscathed because they have Joe Biden in their back pocket. The problem is, is the Republican Congress because the Republican Congress can immediately vote for an action, military action, that goes into resolution that the president would be forced into sign, especially if you had Senate approval on that, two-thirds majority from Senate from a presidential <laughs> veto. Okay? So there's possibility that China goes into Taiwan. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if it does, it's going to be a coup internally. It's not going to be a bombardment of missiles and carriers and taken out. It's going to be guerrillas by night. That's what it's going to be. It's yeah. going to be basically China's going to paratrooper a strategic team of 250 people into Taiwan overnight, land right on top of their, their political buildings, take out their political establishment, and reclaim it. It'll be something or, of that nature, or they yeah. already have it. Or a simple assassination, like we've seen twice in Japan recently. Yeah. Like, or a that's... simple assassination with a, with a regime change. Yeah. Or maybe the, the Taiwanese parliament comes out and says, oh, we're moving back with China, just like Hong Kong did. Because that's how, wow. that's how Chinese fight war. They don't want conflict. Because here's the thing. In a global conflict, China and Russia, if you just had China and Russia against the rest of the world, they lose. If you have China, Russia, and, and maybe Iran against the rest of the world, they lose. In the rest of the world, I mean NATO. Okay, NATO will absolutely demolish Russia and China outside of Russia and China. That's a key point to remember, outside of Russia and China, which means that Russia and China aren't going to be invaded any European, North American nation, or Australia anytime soon. In the sense of Taiwan, that becomes a big factor. I've already talked about this. China has massive strategic advantage within the South China Sea and over Taiwan, militarily strategic advantage. Not only that, is to the, the West, they have Russian support. Okay, to to the east, they have North Korean support. So you could, you know, America's biggest ally besides that in the area is Japan and South Korea. Well, now you have North Korea that enters that war. You have Iran that enters the war in the Middle East, destabilizing that whole area with Israel. Okay, you have Russia basically tr shutting off trade routes or maritime routes, and China easily goes in and takes Taiwan without you any U.S. intervention whatsoever. And U.S. would lose that battle. And probably no shots even fired. I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating here. But when we start looking at this grand situation that's happening here, is you have a transition of power of social, political, and economic power. That's what's going on. And in the midst of those three points of transition, you have the acquirement, the control over energy, food, and water. If you can understand those six things, energy, food, and water, Social, economic, political. Those yeah. six things are the transition that's occurring right now. Okay, so where does that put the United States? Well, the United States has really nothing to worry about. We could just sit back and, and glide through this and enter into the new transition of the next world, and we're fine. I mean, honestly, we, we have great production. We have great exports. The only thing, the only biggest problem right now is corrupt politicians and a, uh, a manipulated economy. If medicine. you can fix those two points, we're good. A lot of our medicine comes from China, but without pharmaceuticals, we might be better off than not, uh, actually. But yeah, you know, all of our medicine comes from China. But what what are you really saying here? 
I'm saying a lot of people would suffer if we didn't get um, medications so, from China, but also a lot of people do suffer because of the pharmaceutical industry. All pharmaceuticals come from China. Yeah. It's a double. Actually, it's, it's like 73% of U.S. pharmaceuticals come from China. We'd and, probably be fine, actually. And if our food wasn't poison, our soil wasn't poison, our water and air weren't poison, well, guess what? We would have no need for them. Right. So true. Damn. People would actually probably start getting better. Okay. I'm so, sorry. Yeah, for sure. Good. So, oh, Reuters. Anyways, IMF has unveiled its new global currency known as the Universal Monetary Unit to transform the global economy. The Universal Monetary Unit, also known as the Unicoin, is an international central bank digital currency that has been designed to work in conjunction with all existing national currencies. This should set off alarm bells for you because the widespread adoption of the new global currency would be a giant step towards global agenda. The IMF did not create this new currency, but has unveiled it at a major IMF gathering earlier last week. The International Monetary Fund Spring Meeting 2023, the Digital Currency Monetary Authority, DCMA, announced their official launch of an international central bank digital currency that strengthens the monetary sovereignty of participating central banks and complies with the recent crypto assets policy recommendations proposed by the IMF. That would be ISO 2022. The Universal Monetary Unit, UMU, symbolized by the anti-character U with two dots over it, is legally a money commodity can transact in any legal tender settlement currency and functions like a CBDC to enforce banking regulations and to protect the financial integrity of the international banking system. At a press release quoted above indicates the new monetary unit was created by Digital Currency Monetary Authority. So who are they? The DCMA is a world leader in the advocacy of digital currency and monetary policy innovations for governments and central banks. Membership within the DCMA consists of sovereign states, central bank, commercial and retail banks, and other financial institutions. So remember when I talked about <clears throat> the centralization of power of the banking authorities moving yeah. from private organizations to in bed with global governance and public private partnerships that the World Economic Forum has talked about? The DCMA is exactly that. I'll say this again. It's the world lead leader in advocacy of digital currencies and monetary policy innovations for governments and central banks. Membership consists of sovereign states, central banks, commercial and retail banks, that's private corporations and governments and other financial institutions. That's public private partnerships. Basically, it sounds like a secretive cabal of the international banks and national governments in conspiring to push a new currency down our throats. It's exactly what it is. The DCMA introduces the, the universal monetary unit as a crypto 2.0 because it innovates a new wave of cryptographic technologies for realizing a digital currency public monetary system with a widespread adoption framework encompassing use cases for all constituencies in the global economy. Pretty shady. Of course, the global currency monetary authority is not only one that has been working on a new digital currency. The UK, European Union are as well. The United States central bank digital currency could be a digital form of the US dollar. While the US has not decided whether it will pursue the CBDC, the US has been closely examining the implications of and options for issuing a CBDC. If the U.S. pursued the CBDC, there could be many possible benefits, such as facilitating efficient and low-cost transactions, fostering greater access to financial systems, boosting economic growth, and supporting continued centrality of the U.S. within the international financing system. And this comes from the Biden White House. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that last point right again. This is a quote directly from the Biden White House. Supporting the continued centralization 
of the U.S. within the international financial system. Centralizing the U.S. economy with the global economy. Okay? So we have this rolling out right now. All this stuff's rolling out right now. We have the FedNow system coming online. They're already doing preliminary testings with it. And it, it you won't even blink and it's already there. You're going to be enrolled in it. One day you're going to log into your Wells Fargo, your Chase account, and it's going to be like, um, please agree to the new terms of service. And you're going to be like, well, I have to or I can't use my bank. Yeah. And you're going to scroll down. You're just going to hit accept. And the next thing it's going to come up and says, we need some additional information for you. Please create your FedNow username and login. And you're going to be like, okay. And you're going to put your username and login. You're going to, you're going to sign in with your single sign-on with Google or Apple or Facebook. And all of a sudden, it's going to come up and say, please take a picture of your driver's license. And it's going to come up with an app on your phone. You're going to take the picture with your driver's license, scan your barcode or your passport. And then the next thing it's going to do is it's going to come up with this little oval. And it's going to say, please take a picture of yourself. And you're going to go, okay, just a picture, right? Blink. And then it can say, thank you for your biometric data. Because what they did is they did a retinal scan. They took in all your retinal information. They took in the temperature of your face, the, the, the height and the measurements of your, the distance between your nose and your cheeks and your eyes and your forehead and your ears. They could do partials. They can do halves, everything with that information. And now you're registered into the new FedNow system. Yeah, and anytime and then, you do a transaction, goes through them. They'll try to integrate everything into that, I bet. Do you want to continue on to enter in your medical data and everything and put it all there? Keep track of your vaccines. Keep track of this. Keep track of that. All in one place. It makes yep. your life so easy. And by using this, we're all going to get so rich and happy. That's exactly what it's going to be. It is Then all of a sudden what you'll see is you'll see corporations start rolling out Okay, because we know CEI is happening within corporations. There's this um, consumer equity, um, what is it, In institution, Inclusion. consumer equity institution, which they CEI. go out there. It's a George Soros-funded program, and they go out there, and they rate corporations on how much diversity, equity, and inclusion they are implementing within their systems. Oh, DEI. <clears throat> That's DEI. CEI is the actual organization. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, see, just a CEI ratings, corporate corporate equity index 2000 or 2023. Okay, wow, it's called your corporate equality, corporate equality uh, index rating workplaces on lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer equality. You're kidding me. Uh, no, I'm dead serious. And so, Jesus. Budweiser, what's interesting is Budweiser, one of the primary reasons that Budweiser did that last ad campaign was to increase their CEI scores because the <laughs> CEI scores actually get put out there on a database and banks can use those in the sense of lending information. This is, this is the whole wet dream that we've been talking about in the sense of the world economic forum and their public private partnerships and what they wanted to do by the trickle down um, regulation and policy to the financial institutions is once you had an establishment structure within the financial institutions of social credit scores uh, the the CEI is nothing more than a social credit score, okay? Yeah. Understand that for businesses. That makes sense. They also have a, uh, a green energy score, right? How much carbon, all that stuff. So they have these various different scores are all separate right now. And each company, if you go in for corporate financing to a large financial institution, they rate you based upon CEI, DEI. They rate you on um, ESG standardization, okay? Well, what's going to happen is, is there's going to be a flip. Once everybody's integrated into this FedNow system, 
Okay. Once everybody's integrated in this FedNow system, those parameters in those basically rating systems for those businesses is going to change. And now it's going to say your employees must abide by these standards. And we're going to rate your employees. And then, so those companies are going to go, Hey, if you want to keep your job, I need you to go out there and I need you to do some, some learning wells on this. And they're going to go in there. They're going to like, what the hell is this? Like, well, there's a rating system and now you're going to have to do uh, your, your, um, your quarterly, um, what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Your quarterly review is going to be uploaded and we're going to give you a CEI score, a DEI score, an ESG score, and all these things. And that's going to be uploaded to these other companies that helps us as a business get financing and funding and, you know, get processing and manufacturing and all this stuff. And then what's going to happen is they're going to do another switch about five years down the road and say, hey, now your consumers have to have these scores. So you're going to go into a Costco or a Best Buy and say, hey, I want to... I want to get that new TV. I want to use my uh, my my new CBDC that I just got deposited in my account to go buy that TV over there. And they're going to go, sure, sir. This TV right here requires a social credit score of 130 or above. Do you mind us reviewing your social credit score? You're like, I thought that was just for work. They said, no, 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 no. We can now look at that for your purchasing of this TV. But, like, but I'm paying cash. Oh, no, sir, but you got to understand how CBDCs work. In order for you to go out there and buy something under entertainment, you have to have a CBD, you have to have a CEI score of a certain degree in order for the CBDCs to be programmed for this purchase. That's where we're fucking headed. I know I lost some people. No, what? <laughs> Not me. I'm following, man. <clears throat> I know. Could get that weird. Hey guys, I know I've been on an oh, hour rant. Sorry, but I'm very passionate about this stuff. So I want to go ahead and take a moment. We have the um, the battle of the streams going on right now. Thank you so much for everybody who's donated so far. It's between Rumble, D Live, Pilled, and Facebook. Uh, Bayonet Seven Lemons. Thank you so much, Bayonet Shannon Thirteen Thirteen Five Lemons. Thank you so much, Shannon Pi Patreon out of Pisces. Excuse me, Four Lemons. Thank you so much, Patreon out of Pisces. Enlightened Science Two Ice Cream. Thank you so much. Enlightened Science, U-Town 369, Three Lemons, and then Grismo 7 celebrating a 20-month subscription streak. Thank you so much, U-Town and Grismo. Grismo 7, Three Lemons, Shannon 1313, 10 Lemons, RPG 3573, Two Ice Cream, Bayonet 6 Lemons. Thank you so much, Grismo, Shannon, RPG, and Bayonet. Shannon 1313, Five Lemons again, Grandma 5 Revolt, Three Lemons, Slumdog, Gifted a Can, Fuck the Pinkos. Shannon 1313, Three Lemons, thank you so much, Shannon, Grandma, Slumdog, Shannon again, and Bayonet. Patriot of Pisces, one Ninja Gini. Thank you so much, Patriot of Pisces. Hillbilly Jack Hill, one ice cream. The cat, 25, two lemons. And Alabama la Lady, three lemons. Thank you guys so much. Cat Lady, Alabama, la or sorry, the cat, Alabama Lady, and Hillbilly Jack Hill. Uh, much appreciated for all the donations coming in, guys. We are 100% user supported. Other ways to help support us is this if you guys want to use our affiliates, redpills.tv. Go on over there, subscribe. There's a sponsors link on there as well. Subscribe to the channels that you're at. Give this video a thumbs up on rumble. You can see the rumbles over there. A little thumbs up. Those are free. Go ahead and give those thumbs up. Give those thumbs up, share this comment on it, please like share, but definitely, definitely follow us. Um, and then redpills.tv is our primary website. If you want to get into the social background of what we do, socialredpill.com, private social platform, there's subscriptions over there where you can uh, jump in and, be a part of our red pill project community. 
Uh, we do live Zooms every night. Very cool stuff. We have a lot of good times. Um, if you guys want to use any of our affiliates, those are all listed on our website. I'll go over them by the end of the show, but I just wanted to put those out there right now. And jumping back in here, Anheuser-Busch CEO was former CIA recruitment specialist. Of course he was. I mean, you really can't. And we knew this last week. We did, I, I haven't really been talking too much about it other than just a funny thing of how we're absolutely canceling Budweiser. But yeah. Brendan Whitworth just happened to work as a CIA recruitment specialist. And he's put in charge of one of the top companies in the world in this country that goes out there and, and runs one of these massive propaganda grooming campaigns. Um, and Budweiser, they still haven't apologized, but they came out with a, a patriotic video of just some old B reel that they put together and like, you yeah. love America. <laughs> and he apparently deleted his Twitter account after he was called out for being part of CIA. What a joke. So Joe Biden to grant illegal aliens free government health care funded by debt placed on the American taxpayers. Thank you, Joe Biden, you fucking dictator. Jesus, this does not help the dollar at all. Yeah. They're trashing it. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. But that's their point, isn't it? It is. So uh, this is this is kind of funny. Um. CBC, uh, Canada's, uh, basically Canada's, uh, news broadcasting ch uh, channel has been labeled by Twitter as state funded media. Same thing with NPR and PBS. And they've all came out and said, we're done with Twitter. We're not going to be here anymore. And, I'm, yeah. and I, so I said, Elon Musk is systematically eliminating propaganda and disinformation from this platform. <laughs> He's right. He absolutely is. Well, he's just labeling it and they're canceling themselves. And they're like, we hire independent journalists. Yep. How come me or you aren't working for any of these major outlets? <sighs> right? Huh? How come none of us ever get picked for these jobs? Because it's a cool boys club and we didn't go to Ivy League. All right. So uh, Uncle, Uncle Fetter Festerman has uh, returned to the Senate in shorts, sneakers, and a fucking hoodie. I don't I know just, if they, I, 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 yeah. There was Thank a you comment. Guys, much love. <laughs> you retweeted this and somebody, I don't know if they were joking or serious. Either way is fine, but they're like, you know, basketball, maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not dribbling anything except for his <laughs> drool off his bottom lip. What are you talking about? He's not going to play basketball. Yeah. He's going, he's going to the, the, the halls of Senate to, to play some basketball. That's, that's right. Um, <laughs> Listen, the Dems right now are calling for Diane Feinstein to resign. She's done. Mitch McConnell is retiring. According, according to sources from what I've heard is that he didn't fall down at the Waldorf Astoria. He passed out because he actually has a terminal illness. Oh. And so he's going to be retiring. So you have Feinstein and McConnell retiring. You have Fetterman who just spent, what, a month and a half in the hospital for depression. And Maybe you're telling more. me that we're going to trust this guy with national secrets? Yeah, put him and Joe in a room. See how well that conversation yeah. goes. This guy needs a mental health evaluation to be a fucking senator. Come on now. How is this yeah. guy even looking at various types of information? Like, we're going to put the, the, the fate of this country in the hands of elected politicians at that level, 
and he goes for a month and a half suffering from depression. Like that's a national security concern, people. Yeah. Not exactly normal. Something you want to see in a elected official. That's elected. right. Disturbing images here. This is this last weekend in Chicago. Um, this young lady is trying to get through the door before she is brutally thugs of of young kids who are incredibly misguided in their life and radicalized by a political ideology and agenda. And we don't know what happened to this lady, but we're assuming that it was pretty bad. Um, This was in Chicago. And so it is a a mixtape, but the woman being attacked on the 129th North Wabash. This is Wabash. This is actually a pretty decent area of, of Chicago. And if you guys saw the, the actions taken this last weekend in Chicago, kids were rumping, running rampant. They were rioting everywhere. They were stomping down cars. And this is because of their new, uh, their new mayor who has come in, who is an absolute socialist piece of shit. And let's listen to his fucking response. And I don't care. Look, I have nothing against the color of a a person's skin. Okay. To me, everything is about the content of a person's character and the words that they say and how they use those words. And I want you to listen to this specifically. This is their mayor's response to what just happened in Chicago. Listen to this fucking propaganda. There was rioting and organized looting last night, and you're calling to defund the police. Explain that. Yeah, what we're seeing is obviously is uh, an outbreak of incredible frustration. Um, and anguish that communities that have been isolated um, through poverty over generations. And what we have is um, sort of a typical, very standard, quite frankly, a very tired response um, to the regularly scheduled pandemic, which is structural racism. And that response has been to increase um, police presence that has not led to anything of substance to secure communities and to make communities whole. And so the fact of the matter is, because we're spending nearly $5 million a day just on policing, while families continue to experience homelessness, unemployment, lack of access to health care, transportation, you can't take a certain level of urgency to protect capital and the wealthy and not have that same tenacity to provide relief for families that have been devastated through structural racism for generations. Well, hold on a second here. I don't disagree with him on what he's saying. Okay. It's not structural racism. Okay. If we want to talk about structural racism, we'll, we'll bring up another video. Okay. But what we're talking about here is the povertization of the inner city communities. And that has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with the funding, the voting for Democrats and the destabilization of those societal and cultural systems and the pumping of drugs into those cities, okay, by various organizations, criminal elites. And this has been done since the 1960s. And to me, you put any race into that area and it's going to turn out the same way. And typically it does. Okay. So I wouldn't call it systemic racism. I would call it an attack on our cities. Now, here's the thing is calling for a defunding of the police is going to do nothing to stop the hatred and the violence in those hearts of those individuals. What's going to exasperate exasperate this 
is calling it systematic and structured racism. What's going to keep on making this happen is having leaders like that in a position who are saying that we've been, you know, this is all systematic. This was designed by the white people. This was designed by the powerful elite in this country to, to basically suppress us. Is that necessarily true? Well, let's listen to this lady's take on it. If you can't hear it, let me know. In America right now, legal systemic racism discrimination, but it's not necessarily happening against brown folk. It's happening against Asians and whites on the books. That's why I fought against Prop 16, because for one, those of us with brown skin, we don't need standards lowered. We can meet the standards. So please don't do that to us. OK. And secondly, it creates resentment. When I went and got my four year degree and I and then I went and got my master's, we we sat around a room. And this was at UC Santa Cruz, which is like a total liberal, horrible college. And we sat around the room and we shared our GPAs. Mine was the lowest. And there was a white guy that said, oh, you got in here because you're a black woman. And I was like, why, why would you say that? Blah, 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 blah. And now I look back and I'm like, you know what? Maybe it was because of the color of my skin, because they do. They do that now. I, I actually got a $40,000 scholarship because I'm black. That's not happening for white kids. It's not like you can apply and get a white kid $40,000 scholarship. They would not let that happen. So there is systemic racism in this country, just not the crazy woke liberal college professor systemic racism that's being taught. Absolutely. And she's right. Mm. Now, here's the other thing mm -hmm. is how much of this money that's being given to these Democrat liberal cities from government subsidies are actually going for rebuilding the infrastructure and supporting the people. None. It, it's being basically funneled out, laundered out into the pockets of politician and, and powerful corporations in those areas. I mean, throughout the 1970s and 1980s and the 1990s, the number one thing that was occurring within the cities, you got to remember, is you had the 1929 stock market crash, which did what? It exchanged the actual real tangible wealth, farmland, into the hands of the bankers. Well, then you also had all this other land that was undeveloped upon that didn't necessarily lose their value and they didn't take out the loans and people still owned. So through the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, what they did is they increased the concentration of population into the inner cities. They pumped drugs into those inner cities, destabilized those communities and cultures and brought down the price of that real estate. 20 years after the destabilization of that, and they devalue the real estate by over 90%. Then these massive real, real estate investors go in there. They buy it up on pennies of the dollars, sometimes through government programs. Okay. Government programs. They buy it all up. They renovate it and they sell it for a massive profit. That's been going on since freaking the seventies and they're still doing it today. And what they're trying to do with these cities now is exactly the same. They're destabilizing the social and the cultural aspects of them, pumping drugs into them and now dangerous propaganda and disinformation into them, radicalizing them. They want to defund the police. Why? Because they want to draw that real estate down. They want all those businesses to move out. And what are you seeing right now? Starbucks, Amazon, Whole Foods, Walmart, they're all moving their businesses away. Well, what does that do? That takes away from the job pool. So now these people are going to be even more poor. They're not going to have access to the various types of things that they need to have access to. They're going to go deeper diver into poverty. And that land is going to basically annihilate itself. And these cities are going to go bankrupt. And those people are eventually going to revolt against their government, which is going to produce a counterculture revolution, a socialist revolution in this country, calling for different types of reform. This is a color revolution occurring in this country, and it's happened systematically for the last 50 years. And this is why you see that progressive attack on. 
white, Asian, and other people. How about this? I don't even call it white or Asian. We'll just call it the middle class. And I'm not saying all white people are in the middle class. I'm not saying all white people are in the upper class. I'm going to say there's a mix. We're not even going to call it race. We're just going to call it class warfare. The impoverished areas are being attacked with dangerous misinformation, propaganda, and, and economic warfare. The middle class are becoming the new target of that impoverished class as if they are the fault of it, while the global elites benefit from it. And when people rise up and say, hey, help us, help us, help us, we're having to resort to violence, we can't take this anymore, or we have to we have to resort to uh, stealing and crime in order to just get by, and they say, help us, government, help us, the government's not going to come by with a good solution, all right? That's going to benefit everybody. It's going to be socialism. It's going to be communism. It's going to be more control. Yep. Yeah. 100%, man. Okay, I only have a few more minutes left, so I got to... I got to get into this. I posted this one on my, my uh, Twitter as well, and mm -hmm. I want people to pay attention to this one. Be careful with the food you're eating. And we've been talking about mm -hmm. sourcing your food locally through butchers and, and uh, um, ranchers, and this is more of a warning exactly for that. <laughs> so heed these warnings. Check this out right here. Now Whistleblower knows that 70% of the ground beef we buy at the supermarket contains something he calls pink slime. Beef trimmings that were once used only in dog food and cooking oil now sprayed with ammonia to make them safe to eat and then added to most ground beef as a cheaper filler. It was Zernstein who in a USDA memo first coined the term pink slime and is now coming forward to say he won't buy it. It's economic fraud. It's not, it's not uh, fresh ground beef. It's a, substitute, it's a cheap substitute being added in. Zernstein and his fellow USDA scientist Carl Custer both warned against using what the industry calls lean, finely textured beef and is widely known now as pink slime. But their government bosses overruled them. Why didn't you consider it beef? Because it was a salvage product. Leftovers. Fat that had been heated at low temperature and the excess fat spun out. Here's how it's done. Those waste trimmings are gathered, simmered at low heat to make it easier to separate fat from muscle, put in a centrifuge and spun to finish the separation. Next, the mixture is sent through pipes where it's sprayed with ammonia gas to kill bacteria and finally compressed into bricks and flash frozen for shipment to meat packers and grocery stores where it's added to most ground beef. And it doesn't have to appear on the label because over objections of its own scientists, USDA officials with links to the beef industry labeled pink slime meat. So do you know when you go to the grocery store and you see their ground beef in the corner that was packaged by them themselves. That's yeah. what that is. And yeah. if you get the, the name brand ones, the big packages, that's exactly what that is. Not only that, if they can take that same uh, reprocessed meat and they can put restructure steak meat back together and make it look like an actual steak and it'll actually fuse all the muscles together no. and they can make it look like roast. Really? Yep. I mean, this yeah. is just oh, disgusting. So we've confirmed that the mRNA stuff is in the food supply now, according to attorney Tom, Tom Rents. Listen to this. Go ahead and put this up. And here's Tom Rents, and this is a man I duly trust right here. And so you should heed his warnings on what he's saying. Let's listen to this. We don't know what we're eating. Is that uh, the bottom line, Tom? No, we don't. In fact, right now we've confirmed this mRNA stuff is in the food supply. 
we know that Merck has a product called Sequebity. They've been, been injecting mRNA into pigs since 2018. Uh, we know that they can actually make tr what's called transmissible mRNA. And what that means is that they can put this stuff in an animal so that it transmits to whoever is ingesting whatever it is that they're ingesting, and uh, they become vaccinated. So they could engineer this into plants, into animals, into various mm -hmm. things. And if we don't get disclosure, if we don't, you know, pass some informed consent laws, what's going to happen is, is for all you guys that stood strong and said no to these mRNA vaccines, well, you're right. going to get them anyways, right through your food. That's incredibly scary. And this is even more of a reason why we need to start sourcing this stuff locally. We need to start getting preparation plans. We need to start going out there and setting up parallel and ulterior economies. <sighs> Shit's getting real, but the world is about to change. You know, they, we, we have a few different ways that this world can operate right now. Okay. We do. We do. Fast forward. There's like three or four directions that this world can go in, in the next 12 months. And the question is, how much longer are you going to stay silent? How much longer are you going to allow this to happen? You know, when I showed that, uh, that one video from Chicago of that lady getting beat, you know what my response was to that? What was, what'd you say? Arm yourselves, get ready and fucking arm yourselves. That's heading to the urban and suburban neighborhoods. That type of crime and violence is coming towards us. Oh, arm yeah. yourselves. Tasers, uh, uh, billy clubs. I, I don't give a shit. Have a baseball, Louisville slugger. You know, a, a four foot, 1100 pound woman swinging a Louisville slugger, slugger at someone's yeah. knees, balls, or face is going to do some damage. Okay. Yeah. That's what I have around my property. Now, have you heard about this? What? Well, I actually pulled up the original report from 2019. Oh. But uh, this push is now increasing. This is from the World Economic Forum. This is how rice is hurting the planet. Global rice production is releasing damaging greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, doing um, as much harm as 1,200 average-sized coal power stations, according to the Environmental Defense Fund. The UN Food and Agricultural Organization, FAO, estimates about 770 million tons of rice were produced in 2018, with China and India responsible for approximately half of that. The predominant method for growing the crop is to flood paddy fields, sometimes on hillsides, carefully traced to maximize spacing growth. Flooding isn't strictly necessary for rice to grow. It's an efficient way for preventing the spread of invasive weeds. Um, and now we see Alex Jones coming out here. Globalist death cult depopulate. Globalist death cult depopulation plan targeting rice ban. I try. The Food and Agriculture Organization notes that rice is one of the most important staple foods in the world. Over 50% of the world's population depends on rice for about 80% of its food requirements. About 95% of the global output for rice is produced and consumed in developing countries. Despite this information, the new globalist green movement now seeks to ban rice production. And I'm not going to play you what Alex says here, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to limit the methodologies on rice production, which just think what they did to the farmers in Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, and so forth, is they yeah. limited their amount of production because of their nitrogen and carbon dioxide footprints that were coming from them. So instead of saying, hey, look, you have to stop doing this, 
They said, hey, this is what you can grow, how much of it you can grow because we need to keep these limits down below these levels. So now they're going to go to India and China and say, hey, look, you can't grow as much rice. Now, what did this do? This produced global famines. This produces food crisis. Remember what I said earlier, the six things, social, economic, political, and then you have food, energy, and water. This is exactly what they're doing. They're controlling food. They want to control food production. Because if you control food production and a famine comes about, we just can't sustain producing this much food in the world. We're hurting the planet. It's just another guise for them to take over global control, what they want to do. But I think that we're getting to the point where humanity is about to stand up, to speak up, and to fight back. And I truly do believe that. And that starts here with the 10th Amendment. It starts here with the United States of America, states standing up against this global tyranny. Um, although I believe a few states are going in the wrong direction, we have Montana and South Dakota banning TikTok, which is nothing more than them implementing their own censorship, guys, which is completely anti-conservative. Um, let them do what they may. You don't have to live there. There's other competitive states you can go to if you don't like them. That's the beauty of the 10th Amendment. But I think that we're going to see Texas make some moves here in the next six months towards succession, which is going to scare the hell out of the federal government and make them take notice. And hopefully it's enough scare factor to allow them to say, okay, we need to step back a little bit, redesign this, wait 10 years to implement our agenda, and we can allow Trump to come in and really change and trans transmute all of this bullshit that's been happening. Um, we'll see, but I think that we're about the, we're on the tip of a global revolution. People, we are on the verge of the people of this world uniting together against this global, this global. Uh, I don't even know what the hell to call it anymore. Technocracy, this fascist regime, whatever you want to call it. The people are ready to stand up against it. The people are just waiting for one catalyst moment event for that to occur. But be warned, because what they're going to do is they're going to throw you the fucking book. They're going to bring about another pandemic. They're going to bring about lockdowns. And I think that that will be the catalyst event where people stand up and say no more. But that's when they weaponize 5G and they weaponize these blue ultraviolet lights that they've been using, too. Yeah. They do a fringe show on that. Yes, please. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. But, hey, guys, if you want to check us out, if you want to support us in any way, shape, or form, um, don't forget this week, I will be going to the great American restoration tour in Chandler, Arizona. If you want to take part in that badlandsmedia.net, go onto that link badlandsmedia.net in Chandler, Arizona, the 20th, the 21st, the 22nd and 23rd. You can scan that QR code badlandsmedia.net. There's also virtual tickets online that you can purchase. I will be speaking on a few different panels and I should have a solo spot as well speaking at that event. So check that out. Um, if you guys want to go to the socialredpill.com, socialredpill.com right there. That is our social network live zooms. Everybody, every night with people talking about the after show, we do Thursdays, a live Q and a with myself. You can join in on that socialredpill.com. If you guys want to donate to the red pill project in any way, shape or form, our give, send, go campaign is up and running redpills.tv slash go or scan that QR code. We also have a transition right here, cash app right there, redpills.tv slash cash app. Or if you wanted to do the crypto thing, which we love crypto here, uh, redpills.tv slash send crypto right there. If you're looking to get into gold, silver, into your IRA, transfer an IRA over no cost, 401k cash out into gold and silver right there. Getgoldtoday.com, getgoldtoday.com. 
Dr. Kirk Elliott. Give them a call, 720-605-3900. You can call, text, or leave a voicemail. If they don't get a hold of you within 48 hours, please contact me. I can definitely help you get that. They have a, they're incredibly busy, but I can streamline you guys directly through into them. If you just have some few hundred dollars, you want to get some gold and silver, let me know. We'll reach out to them for you. IRAs, anything, we can help you out. And don't forget, uh, MyPillow, use that promo code RPP. And uh, guys, much love, appreciation, and respect to you guys. Hope you guys have a fantastic evening. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow night at the early time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, actually, tomorrow night. Yes. I have a guest tomorrow night. I'll talk to you about it after. Uh, Good. Tomorrow Good. night, Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Might be a little bit earlier. I'll let you know. Uh, but okay. uh, might be a half an hour early on that. I'll let you guys know. But uh, much appreciated. Love you guys. Have you guys have a great night. Take care. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Eyepatch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.